Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for On The Money, presented by Embassy National Bank. Hi, everybody. This is Joe Moss, and you're listening to On The Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank. As you know, if, if you're a previous listener, you know that this show is devoted to talking about topics that will help you as a small business owner because Embassy National Bank wants to help small business. Um, again, my name is Joe Moss. I'm the president of Embassy National Bank, and I am uh, joined here today. We're going to talk about an interesting subject because I think it's really on the front of everybody's mind given the disaster that we had over in, in Europe. Um, but we're going to talk to Layla Muhana, who is the uh, president and founder of Layla Muhana Counseling Services. And she, stre- she uh, specializes in stress management in the workplace. So, Layla, welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, it's a pretty timely subject, isn't it? It really is. Um, I, I didn't even think about what happened in Europe until you just mentioned that it's exactly uh, right. It's kind of interesting, our timing. Yeah. Um, and with all that's going on in the world, and, and um, boy, it just seems like there's so much on us, uh, not only in the workplace, but also in the environment, uh, in terms of the outside environment, what's going on in the world. Layla, tell me about your background. So um, I'm actually born and raised from in, from Gainesville, Georgia. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm from around here. I went to Auburn University undergrad. <laughs> I went to uh, Brunel University for uh, grad school. Where's Brunel? In Gainesville. In Gainesville. Yeah. Okay. Ended All up right. going back home for okay. <laughs> grad school. Um, my master's is in clinical counseling psychology. And um, I specialized in severe mental illness. Um, My training in that was with uh, Emory University's uh, School of Medicine, Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences. So I was there. Then um, I got very lucky. I got a job at Grady, uh, ran a day treatment program there. And uh, in October, I came back home to Gainesville and opened my own practice. So what kind of... um What kind of projects or clients do you work with now in your practice? Oh, I work with a variety of clients in my practice. Um, I've got anything and everything, but uh, I do work a lot with people that are stressed from work and overwhelmed and their relationships. A lot of times it's personal relationships are getting affected. Um, A lot of times it's a wife telling their husband, we got to figure this out. So I work with a lot of couples counseling with that. Uh, anxiety and depression. Okay. Like now, that. are you predominantly working with individuals? Or are you working with companies or both? I'm doing both, actually. Um, right now, I'm working with individuals, doing individual therapy. And um, I work, um, do some contract work with a couple of companies setting up their day treatment programs, as well as a um, small company where I help them uh, with their, uh, they help uh, companies develop morale in their com- their businesses and everything to help with productivity things like that um i know that uh, as part of some of the health plans that i'm involved with they you um, they give you a number to call if yeah. you've got issues how often is that number utilized and is that is that all you have to do as a company to manage stress help people manage stress is um, give them a phone number th- i mean that'll cover you <laughs> liability wise i think but um I mean, there's definitely more to it than that. I think you need to look at why is there stress in the workplace and what that is. Is it morale? Is Mm -hmm. it people aren't getting along with each other and different personalities that don't mesh? Is it stress because they're overworked? Is it 
So it's a lot of different things. So it's more than just giving them that number. Um, it's definitely figuring out if there is an issue there and going from there. Well, um, before I want to talk about the company thing, but before I do want to ask you something, um, is stress actually, stress levels, are they actually greater today on us or because I, I was driving over here and I'm thinking, yeah, but let's think about the caveman, for example. I mean, he didn't know he was going to eat from hour to hour. Um, is it the fact that we have more stress? Is it, um, um, or is it the fact that we're recognizing that, that stress is really hurts people or what, what is it? It's all of those things. <laughs> um, you know, if you look at it, just look at your own schedule for today. I'm sure not only did you come to work, but you had to come here, but you had to deal with xyz home life um somebody's calling you on your cell phone you got to get from point a to point b in so much amount of time that's very different than 30 40 50 years ago even mm -hmm. so that we definitely have more stress we're also more aware of it like you said um we now know and there is the science to back it up that stress and mental health and wellness affects physical health and wellness so it's definitely well yeah i guess in the old days if you couldn't handle something you were considered weak Definitely. Or you weren't expected to necessarily perform. You kind of found something else to do. This day and age, you have to do anything that comes your way, right? Yeah, so. that's a good point. How much does technology play in this whole thing? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I really, I know a lot of people talk about multitasking. And that was a big thing several years ago. You know, we got to teach our kids to multitask. Actually, we don't. Um, technology hugely affects that. I mean, if you look at your internet browser, I wonder how many tabs you have open at this moment, along with looking at your phone and texting somebody, and then, oh yeah, I have an idea, let me go to my iPad and add that to my list. So technology contributes to that a lot, absolutely. Are, are we natural multitaskers, or is it something that's no. foreign to us? It's actually, we are not. Very few people are natural multitaskers, uh, and research shows that. We are less productive when we're multitasking. A lot of times you'll see employers say, need to be good at multitasking and doing multiple things at one time, actually your employees will be less productive and that increases the stress. So this this uh, mantra that uh, I used to hear growing up of focus, 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 um, that's something that we should continue to hear and try to figure out how to do, right? Absolutely. I mean, just look at yourself, for example. How productive are you when you're um, you know, let's say trying to write an email, then you get a phone call. Well, nothing gets done. Exactly. So exactly. Focus on the task at hand instead of 500 tasks. Yeah. One time. Um, and, and you're right. I think everybody, uh, kind of has to during the day say, wait a minute. Um, I'm not getting anything done. I need to get something done. Let me push something off the plate today. And so you focus to do that. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of what happens with that is I think people don't know how to structure and schedule their time at work. So um, you end up getting nothing done or you're like, ah, you know, I got to take something off my plate. You have to figure out what that needs to be and prioritize. Um, so let's talk about uh, goals, setting goals and setting tasks and things like that. Um, so the goal setting process um is very helpful, I would think, for your stress levels. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so setting a goal, there's um, w there's actually a little 
acronym we use, and it's called SMART goals. And you want specific goals, measurable goals, achievable, reachable, and uh, I can't remember T right now. But um, the idea of goal setting is you want it to be specific. You don't put on your list um, do clean, you know, clean house. You put on your list do laundry make the bed, those kind of things. You need to do the same thing at work. If you've got a huge project, instead of saying, do project X by this date, say, okay, well, what's the first thing I need to do for this project? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely breaking things down and writing a list, not making too many lists. You know, you don't need to be somebody that has 500 stickies everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's identifying what the overall goal is and then kind of using a funnel approach. So here's the big thing and slowly figure out everything that you need to have for it. Well, what is it, talk of the difference between goal and task. Okay, so a goal is an overall achievement. So a goal would be, let's see. Let's say a goal could be, I'm going to take a shower today. A task would be, let me take my shirt off so I can get into the shower. Right, right. So the, it's the steps to achieve a goal. So, for example, a goal... Um, uh, could be all right. We're going to make X amount of money for the year, mm-hmm. but then I need to break that down into different tasks. Right. And then if and then if I'm uh, uh, if I'm an employee of the company and I've been communicated that goal, then what I need to do is more than likely set tasks, longer term goals as well as individual daily tasks as well. Absolutely. Or else your day's just going to get eaten up. So I think on that, what you're talking about is that's why it's so important to schedule. I will only do emails during this time, mm-hmm. especially if the boss is telling you, here's your big old goal. I need you to meet this. What Schedule when your emails are. Schedule when phone calls are. Don't let people keep coming into your office because that you'll get so distracted by the little things, you'll lose sight of everything else. Well, I guess that might be easier said than done, right? Because um, if you're a company and you are customer focused, okay. then you're going to have to be reacting to the customer and you can't tell the customer, well, don't call me right now. Um, That's a great point. So how do you how do you bridge that? How do you I, I understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. but how do you how do you make it all work? So that once again goes back to prioritizing. What's the priority? It's your customer. Right. So the number one thing is I got to work with my customer, give them exactly what they want the best way I can. Mm hmm. If they, you need to deal with that, write down real quickly what it was you were about to do so that you can remember to go back to it. Yeah. Um, once again, prioritizing. Or one thing that I do, I found myself doing, not because it was planned or anything, but it was to try to manage the customer relationship by telling the customer that, um, you know, I'm. why don't we deal with this tomorrow at five or let me come to your office tomorrow morning at nine and we'll deal with this then so that you don't so you kind of manage them a little bit so they're not constantly managing you that's a great point and that's i guess guiding the conversation identifying what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do already so um all right i know i only have so much amount of time like you said let me schedule an appointment with this customer um yeah, exactly. It's managing the conversation and making sure you direct what the topic will be and where you can and can't go. Um, well, it, it, the way that the show works, um, Luana, as you get to Layla, as you get to um, give me a, a, some things to talk about. We've never we haven't even talked about any of those yet because uh, that's kind of way the show works. 
but uh, we're going to do that now. Um, but you're listening to On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank, and we have Layla Muhana, and we're talking about stress management in the workplace, but also in your personal life as well, and uh, talking about a lot of different things. Um, talk about separation. How do you separ- How do you turn the switch off when you go home? Give me give me some help here. That is a great question, and uh, every single person I know has this issue. Me as well as well as anybody else. How do you turn off that switch? It's not easy, and it's not really a switch you can just turn off. So first thing is accept that it's going to happen. Don't fight it, but also recognize, okay, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this email. Can I do anything about it now at this moment while I'm at home, while I'm with my kids, while I'm with my friends? No, I can't. Mm -hmm. So I can't do anything about it. Can't do anything about it. Focus on what I'm doing in the moment. So that's one thing is definitely turning that switch off. That's an excellent what you just said, focus on the moment. But I've noticed that when I leave work – I have to have a transition time um, from when I step out of the car and when I get home. Mm-hmm. I've noticed, though, that my wife doesn't have to do that. <laughs> Is there a difference between men and women as it results to transition? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you're going to get me on my soapbox. I think women and men are gendered by society <laughs> to be more capable to do certain things or not. I don't know if it's definitely if it's a biological thing, but, you know, maybe – but each person is different. I know I need quite a bit of like me time before I deal with anyone after a busy day of patients. I need an hour of watching a sitcom rerun, specific, one specific one I can think of. Um, and then I can deal with everything else. So um, I don't know if there's really. You're, so you're telling me everybody's a little different. I believe so. And um, well, I, and that's a good point because I've noticed some of my friends, uh, male friends, just get a lot of energy from being around a lot of people, dealing with a lot of things, and they just love all that, where to me, it just, and it's kind of crazy in my profession, but it wears me out. And I've talked to Mike, our producer, about it, and Mike says that kind of stuff wears him out too, but we find it in ourselves to do it because we enjoyed it at the time, but it still wears us out. And you're good at it too. So I, that's le- <laughs> I'll let someone else be the judge of that. But um, um, yeah, but. You still, I guess it's different people will react, men, women, everybody's going to react a little bit different to the transition. I know that um, I used to travel a lot and I'd get home when the kids were younger and I'd walk from the, after being gone for five, four days and then I'd walk into the house and it was boom, man, I had to make that switch right then. I couldn't do it. I had to take a deep breath and take about an hour or so, but you know, what are you going to tell your kids when they're robbing all over your, you know, climbing all over your legs and everything? No, it's a good point. What you're saying is, let's go back to what you're talking about. Some people, they get energized by being around others and others don't. And I'm not sure how much you know about introverts and extroverts. There's this assumption, an introvert is somebody who's quiet and keeps himself. Actually not. An introvert is somebody that needs more alone time so that they can then work with people. They may be phenomenal at talking to people, but it drains them. Extroverts, they need to be around people to be productive, to be happy, to feel alive so it sounds like maybe you're a little bit more of an introvert so i guess i think that's what my wife would probably (laughs) tell you um all right let's talk about uh um but we didn't talk about um this 
the stress in the personal life, yeah. trying to keep it from the workplace, right. and the stress in the workplace, trying to keep it from the per. We talked about keeping the workplace stress from the personal life, but what about keeping the personal life stress from the workplace? Exactly. How do you do that? Because those are the personal stuff is big problems. Mm-hmm. Workplace, it's work. But where do we spend most of our time, though? At work. Is at work. So unfortunately, even though we're supposed to keep, especially home stuff, away from work. It's hard to do. Um, so, you know, you have to look at it. Just like at work, you have to set those boundaries and structure it. Okay, I need to guide the conversation with the customer to make sure that I can only I only give them 20 minutes instead of three hours. Same thing at home. If you can't deal with an argument first thing in the morning before you go into work, that's okay. You have to communicate that, though. But other things like at home, money stress, um, not getting along with your partner, children are acting up unhappy just in general with certain things you have to remember when you go into the workplace you need to be in a certain mindset so whatever it is you need to do five ten minutes before you walk in the door you got to listen to your favorite song or anything like that that's what you need to do so um and then uh the developing the work life balance there's another one that's easier said than done um when you talk about balance are you talking about hours balanced are you talking about activity balanced what do you what do you talk what are you talking about there so what i was actually what i was thinking about was actually hours work-life balance so one of the things you need to look at is how many hours can i actually give to work and be productive and good before i start to burn out and you need to define that for yourself each person needs to know how many hours even though we work let's say a standard 40-hour work week nobody really does that Mm -hmm. not Um, anymore (laughs) so um for me i can still be very productive at 60 hours a week but if i go over that my I'm slacking so I've identified that for myself I will not allow myself to work more than that so that's part of the balance um the other thing is what are certain things you're not willing to allow work to cross into now I grew up with my dad's a doctor so I didn't have the choice my dad didn't have the choice if he was called he had to go into the hospital right um but a lot of us don't have that stress so we have to remember is this life or death is this something that we actually have to address in our personal time and if Mm -hmm. it's not let me put it aside. And and I would also think that you need to find out whether you're in the right, easier said than done again, mm-hmm. but find out whether you're in the right job. If you're um, someone that can't handle being on call all the time, you probably shouldn't be a doctor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, that's such a great point is even if we are good at something, it doesn't mean that's the thing we enjoy. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely, if you can't enjoy what it is you do, then... It won't matter how balanced your life and work is. Um, all right, let's talk about, uh, since we're trying to help the, the, the company here, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that a um, small business owner or a medium business owner can ha- can do within his, his or her company to um, help the stress levels, okay. to bring them down a little bit? Yeah. What are some of the th- strategies that, that, that people can employ? So, great question. First of all, it's important to, you know, put out certain amount of time for relaxation, relaxation exercises, walking. I worked at a place where um, even though we didn't have a lot of time to relax, we our office space was awesome. Like, it was relaxing. Everybody had bouncy balls if they wanted to sit on them, things like that. So, first of all, is you need to make sure that there is a place for your employees to go or that if they need a timeout for themselves, they can go and have that timeout. Um, other things is focusing on the individual, not 
everything, the productivity of the person. So that stress is actually very much affected by your employee's perception mm-hmm. of what you think of them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you know, my boss doesn't like me. They don't think I'm ever good. I'm so, that may not be a real stress. It might just be something they have somehow misperceived. So it's identifying, you know, how can I make my employees feel important? Um, letting them know they're appreciated and things like that. Yeah. So as an owner, though, don't you have to kind of address your style so that you're not a stress creator? So um, maybe you have to add a little levity along the way. Maybe you have to um, truly assess what the goals of the company are um, so that you're not – you have to find the right balance between – uh, asking people to work hard and then putting them under so much stress. Yeah, absolutely. And you, I think a lot of it really is feeling appreciated as an employee. Um, the employer is, am I over? Am I asking my people to do too much? That's a big thing. Um, and I don't think um, people always realize that what they're asking their employees to doing is a lot more than it is. I think they think it's less than what it actually is, um, which is okay. That's fine. But um, it's absolutely adjusting who you are and what it is you're doing and looking for and making sure that the employee knows that they're important so that they remain productive and that's what you really want in the end. All right, maybe you're onto something here. So if you were go out of your way to create a level of appreciation, Absolutely. then uh, I'm, I contend that most people want to work hard and maybe the, the, the difference is that if they, even though they work hard, if they feel like they're not appreciated, then that maybe that's what brings the stress level up. Absolutely. That's a yes, absolutely. Um, I actually had a boss when I was at Grady, psychologist, phenomenal person. She's amazing. She would go out of her way to find me and say, I'm really glad you're working here. Mm-hmm. Something that simple and that little, it didn't matter how bad of a day I had, how many extra hours I had to work, that meant enough for me for me to keep going. And it also helped with your transition when you got home and all that type of thing. So I, I guess people want to feel valued. Yes. Um, and if you're an employee, I'm, I'm sorry, if you're an employee, all right, let's talk about the other thing. Um, how you're perceived based versus how you think you're perceived. Yes. Um, if I perceive that I am showing appreciation, but I'm actually not, how do I find that out so that I can fix that as a boss? It's a good question because. You don't. You can't ask your employees, can you? They're gonna not. Well, tell you. they may not tell you the truth, right. will they? Right. So um, that's a great question. One of the things is you may not ever find out exactly, but I think it starts with the words you're using. You know, always using encouraging words, not using um, there's certain words. You know, you don't want to tell people you're doing this or you're not doing that. It's I really appreciate when you're doing this, and this is helpful. So is that? Am I yeah, answering your yeah, question? Yeah. It's. Those kind of things. I think you have to do sit back and do a real I think we're in a world right now where self-assessment is critical and you know very objective self-assessment is critical and if you f- don't feel like that you can do it for yourself you've got to find mentors that will help you go through that process um, I went through it because I had a, a, a partner um, who was older than I was and I asked him to and, and I and I found that sometimes I'll say things in jest. Yes. But only half the people think I know that I'm in jest and the other ones freak out. 
Um, so I had to, I, this, just certain things like that, you just have to be very, very careful about. Right. And I think people let you know a lot more than you realize that what you're saying is bothering them um, or that you've offended them or they don't get it. Um, one of the things I know I do, sometimes I can come off much harsher than I intend. So when I'm in therapy sessions, I even say, you know, sometimes you might think that my face is expressing something anger or I'm actually thinking. And if mm-hmm. you let me know that I'm making a face, then I can let say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, no, this is what I'm thinking. So. Um, so. Um, how, how does communication in the workplace? And we've been talking a little bit about that, but um, how can the employer. What can he do with communication that would help with the overall stress and anxiety of the job? Right. Um, so clear messages. Number one, uh, when you're talking to your employee, be sure you are telling them what you need them to do and ask, do you have any questions? Um, is this confusing? Um, sometimes people don't even know what the question is they should ask in order to get clarification. So simple directives. Um, another thing to look at is what are, are people aware of what their expectations actually are versus what I think they are? So, um, you know, you, your employee might actually think that they're supposed to do X, Y, Z, and really they're supposed to do something completely different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that kind of stuff. There's also looking at the way you do it. So there's a sort of, um, speaking to somebody assertively saying, I need you to do this, or I would like for you to do this versus, could you kind of please do this? Because they're not going to know the difference, right? Right. I need you to do this versus, I would like it if you did this, or do you mind? What is that? And you can't get mad if somebody doesn't know. I think they, uh, my, maybe I'm dead wrong, but I think Mm -hmm. you got to understand your employees, but- I think people need to be asked politely to do something, but you also need to be assertive in why you're asking them to do it. They need to feel like there's some leadership um, going on. I just just had a thought that um, I wanted to talk about this. I just watched the movie Whiplash. I don't know if you saw the movie Whiplash. You need to see the movie Whiplash. Whiplash. Um, And it's about a teacher teaching uh, a young man how to play the drums. He was really hard on this kid, as he apparently is on all the good talent that comes through his school. And at the end of the day, when after it's all said and done, he says, the only reason I'm doing it is because I think people have to be really pushed to find out how good they really, really are. Do you agree with that? So that maybe a certain amount of, a certain amount of stress of ex- a certain level of expectation which may create some stress is actually very productive for the for the future of that person. It, well, it could be. It depends on what's going on there. So if you're a teacher, that makes sense what you're doing. You know, if you want to bring the best out of a person, your job is to teach somebody and bring out growth. Great. But sometimes, a lot of times, being somebody's boss is not being their teacher necessarily. It's being their boss. So mm-hmm. Being harsh and hard on them may not be the thing. I know for me, if somebody is hard and critical of me, I actually shut down. But if I have somebody that's constantly saying, identifying what I'm doing right, then I want to work hard on those things. So if I had somebody say, Layla, that's just awful. And, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. And you could have done that better. Then I'm going to just be anxious and nervous. Whereas if I have somebody saying, Layla, it was great when you 
said hi to this person in that way, mm-hmm. then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to say hi to everyone now. Yeah, so. that probably works that way. Uh, you're listening on the money. This is Joe Moss, uh, brought to you by Embassy National Bank, and we're talking to Layla Mohana about stress uh, in the workplace. Um, now, Layla, what you just said was that you don't want to be hard. You want to try to. Uh, you, you don't want to make the employee upset. Um, I've heard people, some people refer to that as, as the wussification of America, <laughs> I guess, you know. Yeah. And, um, but it's from a psychological standpoint, there's got to be a fine line. If you want to make the most out of somebody, that person, it's got to be in them where they want to hear a little bit of good, right? That's just a natural thing. Right, right. So Absolutely. we'll talk about that a little bit, the wussification <laughs> of America. So I agree. I'm not saying, because you're absolutely right, I can't stand it when I see people, they only promote the positive things, but they never explain what, why the other thing was a bad thing. They just say, oh, that was great that you did this, and they don't mention the other thing. So to balance it, exactly. So if um, I said hi to somebody very nicely, but then I turned my back and walked away, I would love it if somebody said to me, hey, Layla, you know, it was great that you said hi and it was really nice, but it may have hurt the person's feelings that you turned your back and you didn't really address them beyond that. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll, I'll take that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree. I And, you know, if somebody does something outright wrong, you don't need to be nice <laughs> necessarily right. in that way. You don't need to be like, oh, well, it was really great when you walked into the room, but when you decide to throw that pin at that person you know it's just definitely it depends on what it is well and i think if if history shows that when even the toughest people are appreciative of the people that they lead mm-hmm. they're going to get more out of them um you know look at all the i, I love watching war movies and um I, I love to see the um the stories of uh of leaders who get more out of their employees without you know, they're not berating them. They're 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 filling them up. You know, start, uh, saving Private Ryan, a great example mm-hmm. of that, where he got so much more out of his men by being a servant leader. Um, I think if he even went back further in time, you would find um, um, stories that uh, that show that most people will react better if they're supported by their leader as opposed to nailed down or or uh, struck down by their leader. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think also each person's different, but you know, what, what works for you? Let, let's go from there. What works for you? Is it when you're encouraged or is it when somebody's hard on you? What makes you? I, I, you know, for, for me personally, and I've, I've had both, I've had great bosses. I've had horrible bosses and the ones that I respond better to are the ones that are always pushing me. But, but when I do something good, they tell me, and when I'm not, you know, I get to hear about that too. But that's always led me to want to do more and more and more. And like you said before, even though you may, I worked for a boss one time and I was younger, but we would work 18 hours a day sometimes. Um, but when I got home, I wasn't tired. Um, and I worked for another guy who would just constantly berates me um, on the phone all the time. What are you doing this? What are you doing that for? What are you doing this for? And I shut down for him. I did not want to work. Um, so the, I, I, uh, and, and I've had coaches, I've had coaches that are, um, you know, on me and, and it was brutal having to, to, to play for those guys, but I've had others who were very supportive and that's where I typically would excel. 
Okay. So you responded best basically by, from the people that were encouraging, but also identified where maybe a weaker area was. And I'm guessing that they probably gave you some advice or some suggestions on how to make that better. Sure. And not only that, but they would show me Mm. as opposed to tell me. Right. Um, I always... Um, would perform better, say, on the baseball field with a coach that if he said, here's how you want to hit a fastball, if he were able to stand up in the plate and hit a fastball, I would want to do the same thing he did. So I wanted to follow. I wanted to, I wanted him to show me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's modeling the behavior, showing That's you. correct. That's correct. So you don't want somebody that tells you you need to be nicer to the customers but they're not nice to the customers yeah you because people are now my contention is that uh, and i've said this before if in most companies now there is little difference between um iqs mm-hmm. um because of education because of a lot of different things our, our iq levels across the company are pretty much the same our, you know some of the some of the leaders are smarter um but um it's not the old time when, when um, you know, it was the kind of the caste system. I think everybody is genuinely capable of doing so much more than what they're doing. And, um, and a good leader has to recognize that. Okay. Um, he can't put himself above. He, he's got to support. He's got to empower. Um, but at the same time, you've got to set the goals. And if someone doesn't do the right thing, they need to know about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a good point. Maybe everybody does have the same IQ level, but it doesn't mean everybody's good at the same thing. Right. So um, when you look at those kind of things, sorry. So when you look at things like that, everyone has same IQ level, but this person's really good at numbers and this person can't add two plus two. So one person needs to go into accounting so that they can excel there. The other person needs to work, you know, in another area if they're Mm -hmm. better at communications or HR, stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So, um, I think you're right. It's everyone's pretty much you could possibly have the same intelligence level, but where do they excel? And that's what makes a great boss and makes a successful boss and has successful employees is where are you good? It's focusing on the individual. Um, let's go to the some of the other things you had on your list is a good one, because I don't know that I've ever been effective in this is uh, if I've got a manager who is micromanages oh. me. That's the worst, right? Yeah. How to how to deal with them? I don't deal very well with them. What are some effective ways to deal with somebody like that? Micromanagers are the most difficult ones to work with, if you ask me, because they're actually putting their anxiety on you. It has a lot of times it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with them, like not feeling. Has to do with them. It has to do with the way they were raised, their environment. I mean, you got a whole bunch of stuff that you're dealing with. Right. So if somebody's micromanaging you, the first thing you have to remember is this is not me. This is them. That's their issues. Now, what do I need to respond to and what do I not need to respond to? What do I need to actually get emotionally activated or upset about? What's worth getting upset about? So with uh, micromanagers, something I've done and I recommend to people, be proactive and say, hey, letting them know right off the bat, I'm about to do this and do X, Y, Z. You asked me to, I had a manager ask me to make out a day treatment schedule and I didn't lay out what I was, my plan for it. Every 20 minutes, there was an email asking me what my next step was. What, can I see an update of the schedule? Can I do that? And I could, you know, she wanted me to change this and that. So what I've learned is put, let them know ahead of time. 
so that they can't come back really and say, did you do this? Did you do that? You didn't do this. You didn't do that. So um, protecting yourself. Uh, another thing is, is that boss that's a micromanager, are they approachable? Some actually, I, that manager was very approachable. And I was like, you know, this is not working for me. I'm not productive and giving you what you need. I want to do my best for you. How can I do that? So if the manager is approachable, talk to them. Let them know that it's not helpful for you. Well, I think it's important to realize that, and, and uh, for the most part, most micromanagers know they're micromanagers. And, mm-hmm. and if you were to say, you don't say, hey, stop micromanaging me. Right. But if you stop and say, now, wait a minute, here's what you're telling me to do. You wanted to do this, this, and this, and this. And you go with a pen and a piece of paper and you write it down so that you can both see what he, he or she is saying. And, okay, all right, so I'm just going to go ahead and get through what you just said to do. And when this is done, I'm going to go to this. Are we okay with that? And I think it's kind of training your manager to realize that uh, you don't need to be micromanaged. Right. I think that's a great point. And I think in my mind, I was thinking emails is how I would tell my boss, like, oh, I'm doing this and this and this. Is there anything you want me to do differently? That's exactly it is writing it down and checking with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're right. They know that they're micromanagers. So um, training your boss exactly and letting them see that you can do things. Because when you train them, especially micromanagers, if you show them, hey, I can do this, I can do that. And they see that they'll back off a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, unclear expectations, um, getting better definition uh, of roles and priorities, um, you know, that a lot of times a manager may not know, and we get back to the fact that how do I know if I, I may think I come across a certain way, but I, I really may not, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes a manager needs to know that, wait a minute, I, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing here. And um, I think you just have to be honest with that. And, and you got to take, you know, instead of going home and saying, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I would suggest to you that, hey, you're just as smart as they are. Probably go in the next day and find and say, look, here's what I think I ought to be doing. Is that is that OK with you? Yeah, I think that's a great point is. It's very easy to, uh, when the expectations are unclear, for you to feel unappreciated. And the right. manager doesn't know that you're feeling unappreciated because of the, So it, that's a great point is identify what it is that's bothering you. If the manager is telling you that you're not, your numbers aren't where they need to be, well, what, how do they want you to get those numbers? And what are those numbers, you know, supposed to be? Um, writing it down. Um, some, definitely, I'm, I always go back to when I go to a manager or if I one of my employees in the past writing down what it is I needed from them or I needed from my boss so then we could be on the same page that's written it's there so when they say hey you didn't do this it's like oh well I thought we had discussed this can you tell me what I missed yeah and and you're going to have issues like that I mean it's it's inevitable but I think communication um, you know just a communication and and kind of a leveling with with uh, people even though they may be your supervisor, it's just going to ultimately going to help things. And your supervisor is a person. They have a family too. So if you talk to your supervisor, of course be respectful. But remember, like, they have feelings too. And they may come off a certain way. But remember, they are a person. And if you talk to them like a person, then you get a lot farther. You'd be surprised how many times people talk to their yeah, supervisors and you, you don't know what their junk might be. Right. Their junk might be really bad junk. 
So um, you got to assume that they've got junk just like you've got junk. Right. And then what and what you're feeling and how you're being perceived, it may not be intentional. Um, and find a way to talk to them about it. Yeah, absolutely. And that that actually kind of popped something in my mind about working with like coworkers or you know people have junk and anger. Let's go towards that. Um, if your supervisor's coming at you in an angry tone, and it has you can't figure out why. Sometimes just stopping and saying, I'm unclear or I can't respond right now because you're speaking loudly or just very simply you'd be surprised it's not offensive to tell somebody you're speaking really loudly or are you upset with me I mean you know and they may say no no I'm just having a bad day okay well fine I thought maybe you might be upset with me and a lot of times they may tone down I mean I've always just tried to be honest are you upset with me sometimes is a scary question to ask because what if they are and you don't know what well, it is, you need right? to know it though. <laughs> right? I, you know i i get that i get so that. but i love that question are you upset with me and to feel comfortable enough to say that to someone is great but i think a lot of times people don't feel comfortable being that direct um so i think it's i'm confused is a good question i'm confused what did i do wrong instead of you know. um how i had a I had a couple of thoughts that I wanted to talk about, like compartmentalization. Yeah. Um, I had a class um, years ago that talked about if you feel like you have to compartmentalize how you are at a job versus how you are at home, um, maybe you're not in the right job. Um, that compartmentalization, uh, having to feel like that you've got a cart compartmentalize actually causes more stress Uh, you know it's a strategy that people suggest but it's actually you've got to really look at that for example are you being asked to do things um, in the workplace that just don't sit well with you and you've got to kind of compartmentalize that from 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 home life or whatever yeah I think you've got to really look because you you can't be in a situation where you're trying to be somebody else throughout the day you can't the chameleon approach um is really going to cause stress levels i I, yeah well compartmentalizing and i really it's actually considered a healthy defense mechanism um because if you can separate now if it goes to an extreme no but all right i just you know got bad news about our numbers for this year but i have to go meet with this person and talk to them like I, nothing's wrong you need to compartmentalize right mm-hmm. so there's that kind of compartmentalizing where it's okay this is not relevant to this moment so I have to put it aside but being a chameleon is something completely different and mm. I think that's a great point is it is it compartmentalizing or is it you're just being somebody you're not and of course that would put stress on you I can't imagine going into work and pretending I'm one thing and then going home and being something completely it you know, pretending to i got to be a salesman and uh, you know i got to go to have drinks with my client and you know da, 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 and then if you're not comfortable with all that and then you get it home you're going to be a wreck right and i guess part of the question is why did you choose that job in the first place and is and if they oh you're good at it and you make a lot of money okay well I'm sure there's a million other jobs that don't require you to do that where you can still use that same skill yeah, set. Yeah, but, you know, you get along the path and you get kind of hooked to the money. And yeah. It, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a conversation I just had with my son, as a matter of fact. Be careful not to get hooked to the money. Um, and, 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 and 
because you lose flexibility as you build a family because you as you as you grow as a as a individual and and you've got people depending on you and you're hooked to the money mm-hmm. then yeah then you can't do anything because you they they depending too much on you that's a great point is exactly is okay well i'm so caught up in this and i am miserable doing my job but i have all these responsibilities and to look for another job will not give me what i'm making here so what do you do with that how do you deal with that and that relates a lot to depression and anxiety mm-hmm. um those are the types of things that actually can trigger just go, something from just being the blues and just feeling down to i don't even want to get out of bed because i don't like my life um so it's really important to figure out if it's worth those kind of things and if it is something to that point and it is depression i mean is it worth it? And if it is, if it's something you used to like, a job you used to like, but it became overwhelming, maybe you do just need to talk to somebody. So, well, and I think it's important. We're kind of getting toward okay. the end here, but um, I think it's real important as an individual to raise the, to raise their hand um, if they're in a situation where they really can't keep doing this. Um, they're not doing anybody any favors, especially themselves by sticking at it because ultimately it's just going to hurt 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 and you never know where you may end up um i think it's real important to to just raise your hand and and say wait a minute this this job or whatever is not working for me can we uh talk about a solution i think that's a great point you know you have to remember what is life about it's about our relationships Mm -hmm. and that's what contributes so much to our quality of life so if you can't nurture and maintain enjoyable relationships and it's related to your job then Yeah, you definitely need to say, hey, wait, I can't do this. All right, so let's end the program by, uh, and by the way, Lena, this is, Layla, this has been a great, a great discussion. Um, I, what I'd like to do is probably go back and um, put you in with someone who's a, a, su- a similar kind of subject. Can't figure out what that is yet, but uh, maybe get a salesman in here or something like that and, and talk about uh, the, the different aspects of the job and, and how the stress can be better managed because stress ultimately can kill you stress is a killer it is uh it can do a lot of things uh uh, to you that uh that aren't good physically and you got to recognize cannot recognize that all right strategies um as an employer better communication show some love man you know make people feel appreciated um make people feel um wanted um but don't go overboard with it if they're doing something wrong tell them that too uh communicate your goals of the company don't walk around and hold everything in you and expect everybody to figure out how you want the company to work because if you do that you're just causing stress people are not going to want to work there um so uh communicate your goals get everybody on the same page and um and show some appreciation down the road do reviews tell people the good the bad and and all that ultimately will help reduce the overall stress level in your company yeah you got it and um uh help people um provide you know recognize hey let people take breaks you know give people a you know go have some fun as a company go find a zip line one saturday i mean you know Try to do some good stuff. Um, as an individual, um, man, I, I think you just got to take a time out every now and then. 
Yeah, like you were saying at the beginning, do a self-assessment. Take a time yeah. out, look at myself, see what, what's going on here, and go from there. I think you're right. And um, um, try to find some mentors, some really good friends. You know, you only need a couple of good friends in this world. And um, yeah. they can maybe tell you something about you that you've never seen. Absolutely. And like you said, taking that time out, you can stop and look at the situation, take a deep breath, figure out what the actual issue is. Mm-hmm. and move forward from there i think that's great and and in today's world with technology where you know we're working all the time well the the benefit of that is you can choose to do certain things at certain times of the day even though it might be nine o'clock at night so mm-hmm. if you feel like at three in the afternoon uh i need to take two hours here take it uh, yeah. but just come back to it and try to finish it up later that night Absolutely. And make sure you communicate that with your employer. <laughs> Let yeah. them know that you can still be productive, mm-hmm. but this is how you need to do it. That's a great point. Um, and, um, well, Layla, great show. I've learned some things here. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, stress is probably the, the biggest killer of profits of anything. Um, and I think it's uh, if you want to have a good, successful organization, you got to minimize the stress levels by – letting people know where they stand and in the company and where the company stands with them. Mm. Try to have a little fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really sure, appreciate it. Sure. Um, tell people how they can get a hold of you, phone number, email, all that stuff. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. Uh, so my work number is 770-940-2373. Okay. Um, my company is Layla Mahana Counseling Services. I provide individual counseling services. I do group therapy, couples counseling. I also work with companies. Um, for consulting, you know, on a case-by-case basis. Um, email is actually my first and last name, Layla Mahana Counseling at gmail.com. Okay, good. And that's M-U-H-A-N-N-A. Layla, L-A-L-A-I-L-A-M-U-H-A-N-N-A counseling at gmail.com. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Um, Layla, thanks. Mike, thanks. Um, We'll be talking about this uh, whole stress thing down the road again because I just think it's a huge discussion that companies really need to spend some time on because I think it's costing companies a lot of money um, by not recognizing that that, uh, people are under a bunch of stress in this world. All right, so thanks. And uh, again, Joe Moss uh, with On the Money brought to you by NBC National Bank. And we'll talk to you next time. And as I always say, be real careful out there. Thank you.